Ah, hello, hey. Hello. Ah, nice. I can hear you fine. Um, is it? Can you hear me fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that's great. So, um, to begin with, um, I just need to ask you to do an introduction of yourself. So, your name and what is it that you're doing, um, what you study, and yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Uh, mainly, I'm a logician, and uh, I'm dealing with uh, a logical and mathematical modeling uh, of different things. Uh, first of all, of uh, behavior, uh, not only human, but also <laughs> Such uh, uh, the behavior of uh, such as the behavior of uh, slime wood, uh, and uh, I'm I work now uh, in Poland, uh, and uh, I am the head of the department of uh, cognitive science and mathematical modeling, uh, and uh, I have a team uh, uh, that uh, deals with. Uh, Similar subjects, so with uh, cognitive science and uh, with modeling of uh, behavior. Uh, I know that uh, my collaborator, uh, Professor Andrzej Damatsky, uh, also has uh, a team, and uh, evidently his team has uh, much more um, significant results as my team. But we uh, had uh, a joint project. Uh, um, in which uh, we investigated uh, the slime mood behavior and uh, we have obtained uh, some interesting results. So. And since when you've been studying slime mold? Uh, uh, so, uh, we have studied uh, this creature uh, even before this project uh, and um, maybe uh, I've started uh, to research uh, the behavior of Simut uh, maybe um, uh, six years ago, and uh, I know that uh, Professor Damatsky has started even earlier. And so, and our project uh, was uh, in the period from um, uh, 12 uh, and uh, uh, 16. And that was the Fizarium Sensor project? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Were you also part of the Fight Chip project? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was uh, our project. And uh, yeah. uh, the, the main task, uh, the, the main aim of this project was to, uh, to design uh, a kind of biological computer. Uh, so uh, uh, there are two main reason uh, why my reasons why um, this creature was involved uh, into uh, our aim to to create uh, a biological computer first of all uh, the experiments uh, with these uh, spices is uh, very easy uh, because uh, 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 this uh, creature uh, reacts uh, to uh, experimental environments uh, very, very um, uh, fast, uh, and uh, so uh, it is a, a first reason why this creature. The second reason uh, this creature uh, behaves like uh, a swarm. Also, it is uh, one cell organism, and uh, so we can experimentally uh, 
we, we can investigate experimentally uh, swarm uh, and it is also very easy for us because uh, for example if we take uh, uh, the nest of ants uh, or uh, other swarms it is quite difficult to uh, perform some experiments uh, uh, in the meaning of computer science and so on. So when you say that you wanted to create a biological computer, could you maybe explain a bit further what is it that you mean by that? Is it literally something similar to a silicon computer, for instance, or is it slightly different? And if so, how different would it be? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, um, so uh, uh, the standard uh, computer uh, has uh, two parts, uh, hardware and software. Uh, and... Uh, Mm, there is uh, an idea of uh, the so-called unconventional computing. Uh, according to this idea, we can uh, design, create computers from uh, different uh, natural phenomena. And uh, in biological computers, uh, some uh, types of uh, behaviors uh, of a creature can be considered uh, as a device uh, that can compute and that can uh, process uh, information. And uh, in our case, for example, if we take uh, this creature, um, uh, then uh, this creature has uh, two aspects. Uh, first of all, uh, sensing. Uh, so this creature um, can, uh, uh, can uh, perceive uh, information from the environment. And uh, the second uh, aspect, uh, motoring, uh, after uh, this sensing, this creature reacts uh, to the environment. Uh, and uh, this reaction uh, can uh, be considered as intelligent uh, and uh, as uh, a kind of uh, computing processes. So for example, uh, we can uh, simulate uh, uh, this uh, creature, this uh, behavior of creature as uh, a, a device uh, which can compute uh, some arithmetic operations, uh, some uh, logical operations and so on. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned that, that this creature can be considered intelligent, but previously in one of our emails you said that you yourself don't think it is intelligent. Could you explain why you don't think it is and how you would define intelligence then? Okay, uh, um, we can uh, speak about intelligence in different meanings. Uh, the most uh, standard usual meaning is that uh, uh, the intelligence is like uh, human. So it means that uh, there is something uh, or someone who can um, uh, react uh, uh, to the environment uh, very intelligently and uh, to solve different uh, tasks uh, for, uh, for uh, his or her own interests. And um, if we take uh, some swarms like uh, the slime mood, uh, we uh, can uh, say about uh, possibilities to solve some logistic uh, tasks. So, uh, for example, uh, in transporting foods, uh, in moving and so on. Uh, one of the examples of uh, this uh, uh, 
intelligent uh, behavior in solving logistic tasks can be considered, uh, there can be considered the following example. Uh, for, uh, we can take, uh, um, uh, a, um, for example, uh, how to say, um, maze, and this creature can uh, find uh, a shortest path uh, within the maze, and uh, it uh, tells us that uh, uh, it can solve uh, some tasks for uh, uh, its own interest, but uh, we can't say that uh, this creature is intelligent in the human meaning, uh, <laughs> in the way it has uh, a mind or reason and so on. Uh, so, uh, these uh, uh, spaces like uh, other swarms uh, can solve quite difficult uh, uh, logistic tasks uh, just by some uh, biological and even chemical processes. So, for example, uh, this creature um, uh, is one cell organism uh, which uh, possesses uh, uh, one membrane, but uh, very, very uh, many nuclei, and uh, in this uh, meaning, uh, uh, it uh, uh, can behave as multi-agent system, uh, but uh, this can be explained uh, very naturalistically, uh, because uh, these spaces uh, can react uh, to the environment very intelligently, because uh, it has uh, the so-called uh, actin filament networks. Uh, it is uh, a natural network uh, which uh, uh, consists uh, of uh, uh, different proteins. And uh, this uh, uh, molecules of proteins uh, can uh, uh, build uh, can be built and uh, rebuilt uh, because of different uh, uh, signals. Uh, so, for example, uh, there is a signal that uh, there is a food piece. Uh, then uh, these networks uh, uh, start uh, to be built uh, and uh, to, uh, to to cover this uh, food piece. Uh, so, uh, on the one hand, uh, we see that. Uh, this behavior is intelligent, but uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, this intelligent behavior can be explained just uh, chemically because uh, this uh, actin filament network uh, starts to uh, to be built uh, to cover this food piece. Andrew, um, Andy Adamatsky just uh, sent a message uh, that we can call him. I'm going to try to add him to the call. And then we can carry on talking together. Let's see. Hello? Do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Hello? Can you both hear each other? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, no, I, I can hear you. Uh, but uh, I don't hear anyone else apart of you. Um, Andrew? Uh, uh, hello, uh, Andy. Uh, hello. I'm, yeah. Okay, perfect, yeah, perfect. Yeah, okay, that's perfect. So, um, me and Andrew started a bit um, earlier, but we can catch up with you, and then it's we can okay. no, no carry problem. on all together. 
Okay. Uh, but before we start to uh, go back to the interview, could you just introduce yourself very briefly, um, your name and what you do? All right. Uh, my name is Andrew Damatsky, and I'm professor in the Unconventional Computing University of the West of England, Bristol, England. Yes. Uh, and I'm doing unconventional computing, and I'm designing various computing devices from living, chemical, and physical substrates. All right. That's perfect. Thank you. Um, so I'm just briefly kind of summarize what we've been talking, uh, me and uh, Andrew. Um, okay. We went into um, the biological computing project and what exactly is meant by biological computing. Um, and then we were talking about intelligence and why um, Andrew would say that slime is not necessarily intelligent, even though some people would say that, yes, they are. And then different types of intelligence and human intelligence in a way and the computer okay, intelligence. Right. Yeah, that's briefly what we were discussing. Uh, do you agree, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so and my question that would come uh, after that talk that we were having, uh, you were mentioning how um, you could explain most of the slime behaviors through this mechanistic way or chemical reactions. But wouldn't you say that the same sort of happens in human intelligence when you talk to the brain, uh, the brain level only? Well, I can start. Yes, indeed, our human intelligence also determined by um, chemical and physical process inside um, inside neurons and inside um, cytoskeleton of the neurons. So yes, we also just robots. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. That's uh, wonderful to hear. Um, and would you say that uh, slime mold would bring can bring any sort of insight in terms of how our own brain works, or is it too different? Uh, no, it, I think from my point of view, it works quite similarly. Uh, slime mold just um, less complicated because we have uh, millions of neurons in the brain and slime mold is just a um, single cell creature. But essentially the same characteristics of learning, detection, avoidance of repellence and um, moving towards attractants. So I bet slime mold also can experience some kind of pleasure. Maybe one moves towards chemoattractants. Voila. Yeah. That's funny. You say that slime mold can feel pleasure. Yes, I suppose. Yes, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. pleasure is determined by uh, mediators and hormones which are released. And uh, I bet slime mold have uh, some spectrum of uh, hormones or mediators um, which can be classed as indicators of pleasure. Could it feel pain as well? Uh, if plants can feel pain, then uh, I believe slime mold also can feel pain. Oh, that sounds like a, a whole uh, debate for ethics uh, teams at universities now. Yes. How to use as creatures. Yes, but I think slime mode, uh apprehend pain differently from um, other creatures because um, slime mode cannot escape. And therefore, when you cannot escape, you adopt some kind of um, Buddhist philosophy that uh, your future already predetermined. And therefore, even if you experience pain, you feel it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, maybe I can add that uh, this creature uh, also uh, possesses uh, a kind of memory. Uh, so there are some experiments uh, which uh, uh, proved that uh, we can uh, even say about uh, the memory of slime. But uh, this memory, it is not... Uh, in our meaning, uh, in the meaning of uh, the memory of humans or some uh, higher animals, it is just uh, a mechanical process uh, which can be explained explained by the uh, 
reactions of proteins uh, to different uh, environmental conditions. So uh, also we can uh, say about uh, the pain of slime mood and the pleasure of slime mood uh, in, in the way that, for example, uh, uh, this creature reacts uh, to some attractants, uh, some pieces who attract, uh, uh, which attract uh, this uh, creature and uh, react, reacts to uh, repellents, uh, to the repellents, uh, for example, uh, some mm, uh, negative conditions. And uh, in the same way, uh, the human beings also uh, have some attractants and repellents. So uh, some pieces uh, which uh, are our pleasure and some pieces which uh, are very negative for us. So. Mm -hmm. so just to see if I understood, what you're saying is that if you look at the types of signal that the slime mold would produce, you could maybe say, oh, this signal would be something similar to what we experience as pain, and this would be something similar as we experience as uh, pleasure. But for the slime mold itself, the effect that it has um, is not the same, maybe because it's the, the, the experience does not cause trauma because it's not associated to your memory. So it's a thing that just happens at that one moment. Is that what you mean? Uh, so uh, the memory of slime mold uh, is uh, very short. Uh, it, it is maybe... Mm, uh, according to the experiments, uh, it was uh, proved that this memory is about uh, three, four seconds. Uh, so, uh, but uh, it is also quite important that uh, uh, we can say about the memory even for one cell organism. And evidently, uh, uh, the processes, uh, chemical processes, are very different uh, uh, from the uh, processes uh, which. Uh, are responsible for our memory and for our feeling of pleasure and uh, uh, pain because uh, uh, this uh, uh, creature, as uh, Andy uh, said right now, uh, is one cell, uh, is a one cell organism, uh, and evidently uh, this organism um, uh, doesn't have uh, the nervous system and so on. And in this way, it is the, the processes very di di differently carried um, uh, uh, out. So um, now jumping into the computing side of things, um, how and back to the discussion that we're having in intelligence, would you say then that slime mold would be more similar to a computer than to a human? And if so, how would the interaction between a silicon computer, say, and a biological slime mold computer be? Uh, well, SIMOD can solve some um, computational tasks where we represent data in special, natural way, and then SIMOD represents results as configuration of its protoplasmic networks. Uh, but SIMOD, by no means, not universal computer. It's a very specialized pro processor which can solve just some tasks. And uh, in fact, SIMOD just following laws of biology, physics, and chemistry, and we humans interpret its behavior as computation. So it's just a matter of interpretation. And uh, about interaction with silicon computers, well, because time-out exhibit um, electrical potential and we can record oscillations, then indeed slime-out in, can be interfaced electrically with normal computers. But slime-out is a very slow creature and uh, frequency of oscillations may be um, once per 60, 120 seconds. 
Therefore, uh, interface with conventional computing devices will not be productive because modern computers are very fast. So why would someone want to create this biological computing given you say, oh, it's very slow and it uh, cannot uh, compute too many things or more simple tasks? Why, why put efforts then into making this? Uh, because it's cool. Uh, in my conventional computing lab, uh, we never discuss what is important. We just discuss what is cool and what is not cool. If it's cool, it should be done. And then we can find some explanations uh, to publish. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I think that's my philosophy as well. <laughs> Maybe I add uh, something uh, uh, also. Uh, I think uh, it has a sense because uh, of uh, possibility uh, to investigate uh, a way how to uh, build uh, uh, a protein robot uh, in the future. So uh, we, so there are some um, uh, science fiction um, um, uh, uh, literature, literature about uh, this possibility, but uh, we can investigate uh, uh, it uh, scientifically. So I, I guess that uh, in the future uh, it is possible to create uh, something like the protein robot, and uh, the slime mood it is a good. Uh, experimental uh, medium uh, which allows us to uh, research the things uh, for our future um, task to create a protein robot. Uh, could you explain a bit more what is a protein robot? Uh, so uh, it, it, it means that uh, uh, we can build up uh, the silicon computers, but we can build up also in the future, the computers uh, basing on uh, proteins. Uh, it means that uh, uh, this uh, uh, soup of proteins uh, uh, will uh, solve some computational tasks also. Uh, and uh, uh, this uh, uh, artificial creature will be, uh, uh, will be uh, intelligent uh, in the meaning of uh, solving this task, and uh, it will be uh, self-organized. So uh, maybe for the future there are some advantages uh, of this uh, uh, artificial creature because, uh, uh, for example, uh, maybe uh, the creature uh, will uh, will not need, uh, for example, electricity and so on for solving these tasks, uh, so maybe it will be uh, quite uh, not only cool, but uh, uh, very important for our future. So the computers that can work with our electricity? Yeah, because uh, now we need uh, electricity because of uh, acceleration and so on. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, it means that uh, uh, the human being uh, can be considered as a computer also. Uh, evidently, it is a protein robot. So uh, each human being is a protein robot. And uh, uh, in the future, uh, we can try to design uh, uh, this artificial uh, robot. So uh, it, it means that uh, it, uh, uh, it uh, doesn't uh, uh, need uh, uh, to, to be like a human being, uh, it, it just uh, uh, 
uh, a protein substance uh, which can solve some computational tasks uh, like slime mode. And the slime mode uh, just an example of uh, this creature. So uh, I, I know that uh, maybe uh, Indy uh, adds something because uh, uh, he performed some experiments how we can um, add some uh, magnetic uh, pieces uh, to this uh, to this uh, spaces uh, to stimulate some reactions uh, quite close to the uh, computational reactions. Yes, basically, yes, we can uh, add special conductive polymers or metallic nanoparticles to change electrical properties of the slime mold. And therefore, we can make slime mold transistors, slime mold resistors, slime mold capacitors, and slime mold memristors. So in theory, we can make um, conventional electronic devices with slime mold uh, functionalized with some uh, nanoparticles. And what would be, what's the main difference between the conventional uh, computer that you can make from the slime mold to add in these nanoparticles and the unconventional? Uh, the only difference that conventional made from silicon and uh, this one will be made from slime mold. And uh, how, how far, what kind of tasks does, the, does this biological computer can solve? Um, what what is the most impressive thing that you've managed to get out of it? Uh, most impressive thing was computation of the spanning tree. It's a uh, graph which uh, spans all all points on the plan on the plane and uh, doesn't have cycles. And the uh, sum of um, lengths of edges is uh, minimal. And uh, also, some old done uh, logical gates and uh, logical circuits. We even implemented uh, one bit half other with slime mold, and uh, plus many, many problems of optimizations of road networks. And the did slime mold approximated uh, optimal road networks on all continents, including Europe, Africa, and um, United States. That's, that's <laughs> most impressive from my point of view, yeah. Yeah, yeah I find it quite cool as well. Um, and I know um, you, Andrew, were working in a sort of programming language for slime mold. How does it work? Is it is it related to how, where you place oatmeal, or how how do you come up with such a language? So uh, maybe uh, there is uh, also one um, important thing uh, uh, which can be approximated uh, by the slime mood, uh, not only uh, graphs uh, and uh, uh, roads, but also uh, some things from game theory and. Uh, so uh, we can uh, even say about uh, uh, the biological uh, games uh, uh, dealing with the slime mode. So, uh, for example, uh, there is uh, uh, the notion of concurrent game and also uh, massive parallel game and also mm, uh, uh, also context-based ba games. And uh, uh, the slime mode can uh, simulate and can approximate some game theoretical processes. And uh, to show this aspect, uh, we have designed, uh, designed uh, a programming language, uh, which uh, uh, can be used also uh, for our pleasure as a kind of uh, games. So uh, even we uh, uh, have designed uh, uh, the uh, slime mode games, uh, uh, which uh, uh, in, in which uh, everybody can play, uh, and um, 
uh, it explains uh, that uh, this creature uh, can be considered uh, as uh, intelligent in the meaning to behave uh, uh, within some games. So, uh, for, for example, there are uh, uh, different uh, uh, chemical uh, pieces uh, which attract or uh, repel uh, uh, this creature, and uh, it is possible to uh, uh, to organize uh, uh, this uh, field, uh, this uh, 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 field of uh, different uh, places which attract and uh, repel. Uh, the slime mode as uh, a kind of game, uh, and there is um, uh, the well-known the Chinese Go game, and uh, we uh, have, have shown that uh, we can approximate this Chinese game by the slime mode reactions. Uh, so we can uh, uh, we can divide uh, uh, the uh, place of our experiment uh, into different cells, uh, like uh, cells in Go game, and uh, these cells uh, can be divided uh, quite uh, quite naturalistically. So there is there is a notion of uh, Voronoi uh, uh, cells, and uh, these cells are designed uh, 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 as uh, 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 as uh, something uh, uh, which is dependent on uh, the power of uh, attracting and repelling. And uh, in this way, uh, the uh, goal game cells uh, can be implemented uh, uh, very naturalistically. And uh, uh, then we have uh, two different spaces of slime mode. Uh, first, uh, Pizarro and Pelsifon, the second one uh, is uh, 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 oh, in the how matricularis how to do you remember? Sorry, uh, can you can you repeat again? What did you ask me? Uh -huh, okay. Uh, the second uh, species uh, which was involved into our games was uh, matricularis. Uh, it was uh, Batmania, I think. But no, no, no. It was the, uh, the first creature was Fizarum Pritzifalm, and uh, the second... Bachmania. Uh, Bachmania it was, I think. Uh -huh. Okay, okay. So, uh, and uh, so, and uh, uh, both uh, spaces uh, have a kind of uh, competition uh, between them to uh, compete for uh, these uh, food pieces. Uh, and uh, so, uh, in this way, we can implement uh, Go game uh, as uh, a game be uh, between uh, Bachmania and Fizarum so. So, but then do you have these two slimes physically playing this game or is it something that you analyze and then you can model and say, okay, this is similar to how a Go game would work? Yeah, uh, uh, first of all, uh, they can uh, implement uh, some games and explain for us um, mm, some game pro processes. Uh, so uh, the usual uh, game theory is uh, uh, sequential, uh, but uh, mm, now there are developed uh, other games uh, like uh, concurrent games 
in the concurrent games, uh, both players uh, can move uh, uh, simultaneously. Uh, and uh, in the same way, uh, the competition between both spaces uh, of uh, slime mode uh, uh, behave also simultaneously. And uh, it is a good experimental um, uh, condition to check uh, some processes uh, in concurrent games. And uh, would, do you think it would be possible, I know that the slime is quite slow, but in any way do you think it would be possible to have a slime playing against a human, uh, the Go game? Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, um, uh, this game uh, evidently has uh, uh, quite uh, uh, difficult uh, models, uh, why? Because uh, uh, usually uh, uh, games uh, uh, deal with um, uh, processes uh, which uh, has a well separation between uh, different uh, scenario and so on. But uh, in the case uh, of uh, this line mode, uh, we deal with something uh, which um, behaves, uh, uh, which can behave differently at any uh, next uh, step. Uh, in this way, uh, this game uh, is quite close to the um, uh, to the natural uh, behavior of uh, human humans. Uh, life, so uh, we uh, can also change uh, our mind and uh, change our scenario uh, in our uh, reactions to some environmental conditions. So, uh, and uh, there is uh, uh, an approach uh, uh, which is called uh, uh, behavioral economics, uh, and uh, in this approach. Also, uh, there are some interesting experiments that uh, classical game theory uh, can't uh, cover uh, real uh, game theoretical uh, situations uh, among humans. So it is quite um, uh, difficult, for example, to separate uh, uh, scenario and so on. Now, jump into the PHI-CHIP project. Um, in, in the web page, I think you mentioned that uh, the fight chip showed that slime could be used as a transducer or a living energy converter in mechanical, optical, and chemical sensors. Uh, what exactly does that mean? Could you explain that in simpler terms? It means that if we stimulate slime mode with light or by touching or with chemicals, slime mode will change patterns of its electrical activity. Okay. Either de mm -hmm. decrease or increase frequency of oscillation. Yeah. And that's uh, and you and you did manage at the end to create this sensor. Is it can it be used uh, uh, by anyone? Uh, how how can you make that? Well, the, the sensor indeed is created, and uh, it uh, was. Uh, so. Just a second, it's, it's me. I just send you a link. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, five cents. Uh, uh, done. Uh, the sensor was created, and it's available. Uh, Hardware available for free uh, to all cust customers, and uh, we try to employ this uh, basically sensor mm -hmm. in some practical tasks till we had financing, and we are still developing the sensor for future. Uh, more likely, slime mold can detect, for example, explosives or uh, some drugs or uh, dangerous concentration of chemicals in the air, 
and used as environmental sensor. And then, so you, you would put the sensor in these different environments and the slime would react to it. And then how do you get that information? Do you have that, uh, is that coupled with a, with a silicon sensor and how is information transmitted to you? Uh, because uh, sensor also includes um, Arduino board, which is very cheap and can be actually done by everyone. And uh, on this board, there is a very simple processor who can do analysis of the electrical activity and calculate frequency of oscillations. And depending on frequency, we can say if slime mold likes or dislikes certain kind of substances. And is it easy to distinguish uh, what substance is it that the slime is reacting to? Are, are the pulses or the electrical signals uh, different uh, it's enough? Not, it's not easy at all, uh, but idea was to collect database of slime mold responses. And then uh, in future we can compare with database uh, signals and then we will know what actually slime mold detected. Okay, and is that now uh, in progress still or did you finish? Are you planning on carrying on with this research? We try to attract some uh, volunteers, uh, sending them kind of free um, free hardware of the Hisense, but uh, somehow it didn't go well. Mm -hmm. So uh, not many people interested and uh, it's difficult for people to collect information. So right now, right now it's kind of in the sleeping mode. Is that where you mention uh, sits in science? Is that the the component? Exactly. Exactly. Project? Okay. And uh, so, w what is the definition that you that you give to sits in science? So, is it people that are gathering data for the project, or do, what what other sorts of involvement do they have in the project? Uh, they were able to um, first of all download all bl blueprints. And they can buy themselves very cheap amplifier for uh, $2 and uh, Arduino for like uh, 10, 10 or $20. And then they can immediately start doing experiments. Or uh, at that time uh, last year, people were able to email us and ask for free samples of the hardware. And we were posting them actually physical hardware to do experiments. Did you get in touch with the Slimaco community for this project? Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, indeed. We have been in touch with this. Yes. I also, I also joined that community recently, and for what I see, people are quite enthusiastic about this project. Now, more of a general uh, question: How, what, how do you see the future in the slime mold research, or what are the things that you think are the most interesting to be studied yet? Oh, I'm not doing slime mold from 2016. Therefore, for me, um, there is no future of slime mold. And I switched basically to fungi, to mushrooms, and some other substrates. But people still, biologists still studying, they're studying learning memory, uh, adaptation of slime mold. They're also studying uh, reaction of slime mold to additional chemicals. And uh, some kind of uh, research in the slime mold, so-called intelligence, still continues in many countries. And why did you switch to fungi? Uh, because uh, every scientist must switch topic every five, uh, seven years. And I was doing slime mold for uh, uh, seven years, and therefore I just forced myself to stop and forget forget about slime mold and switch to something else. And then I found that um, when you insert electrodes in fruit bodies of fungi, uh, you observe very nice oscillations. Uh, and then I started to study how we can do computation with these oscillations. So it's somehow similar to what you were doing with slime, but using a different biological substrate. Yes. Well, uh, with um, fungi, we have more implications because uh, right now, if I send you a link, this uh, uh, Horizon 2020 funded project uh, Fungar, 
uh, where we're planning to build house uh, from uh, fungal substrate. Oh. And uh, basically, part of the house would be dead uh, substrate, but mycelium would be functionalized already with polymers and particles. And part of the house would be alive mycelium, just blocks of the substrate with alive mycelium. And then this house can actually make decisions uh, about air quality, uh, maybe recognize uh, occupants of the house, depending on the shed of the shades and um, basically interact with people who live in the house that sounds super cool i would love to live in a house like that exactly it's kind of more applicable than slime mold because uh fungal substance can be made very solid and therefore mm -hmm. we can actually make bricks from them yeah i recently read a, a news article about people doing something similar but with bacteria so they were making bricks out of bacteria yes they're adding bacteria to concrete yes mm -hmm. also bacteria help to kind of heal the concrete yeah yeah Super cool. Cool, yeah. Um, uh, during the radio episode, we usually also have uh, music that is related to the topic that we're talking um, during that week. And I know that there is some slime mold music being created. I saw that you had a couple as well on your YouTube channel. Yes, on um, YouTube, yeah. Yeah, do you have any recommendations or something that we could play or do you have a link that we could use? Uh, I, right now, I opened, uh, uh, I will just put music. Adamatsky, uh, the most famous one, it's uh, about nine days, nine, nine days of recording compressed to uh, one minute, 32 seconds. It's basically the whole life of slime mode from birth uh, to going to hibernation in the sclerosome state. Oh, I think I, I saw this one. I was thinking about um, playing this as well. Could you um, give a bit more of an explanation about it so that I can use it as well in the radio episode? Yeah, so at the beginning, uh, we see how slime mold propagates along electrodes. You see photo on, on this picture. And um, then humidity started to drop uh, in the environment. And uh, slime mold uh, exhibits kind of chaotic uh, or nervous, we can say, electrical activity. Because slime mold is kind of thinking uh, what to do. Either to escape and migrate somewhere else, or to go into hibernation and dry gradually. And eventually, slime mold makes decisions that um, there is nowhere to escape because everything is dry around. And therefore, slime mold decided to hibernate. And then we can uh, hear patterns of more regular and low amplitude activity with some kind somehow decreasing. And then silence. It means slime mold kind of gone to sleep. This is the entire life cycle then? Exactly. Super cool. Um, I saw as well that there was, the, I think this Brazilian guy, um, Eduardo Moreira. Yes. Did you work uh, with him as well? Oh, he actually born in UK. He born in Scotland, but his parents are Brazilian. Yeah, and he uh, he actually uh, he actually collaborate with Brazilian indeed. Yeah. So uh, yes, we uh, we co-wrote several papers with him, and uh, we still exchange emails because he is in the University of Plymouth. It's about just one hour and a half driving from Bristol. And what was uh, how does this? Uh, project with uh, with him where because I saw a couple of videos where he was sort of improvising with slime mold uh, well he was mainly playing on the electrical properties of the slime mold because slime mold has memory properties so when we, you for example put high current or voltage through slime mold uh, its resistance increases therefore small current will not pass and uh, by applying very quickly uh, high and low voltage Eduardo was able to produce um, some kind of music. So he modified sound of musical instruments. Now I have a question to Andrew. 
um, that I, I was going through your papers and there was something that caught my attention that you was something related to double slit experiment used in slime mold. How how was that? Uh, so uh, the experiment uh, uh, was thought uh, up uh, by me and was performed by uh, NG. And uh, this experiment uh, shows that uh, uh, the behavior of slime mold uh, uh, can be uh, false in uh, even uh, we know uh, its reactions. So uh, we have uh, two slits uh, which can be open or closed. And this experiment uh, is, uh, uh, is performed uh, in the way of the experiment with uh, Quanta, uh, which uh, uh, was performed uh, to show that uh, uh, the quanta be uh, the quanta act uh, as particles and at the same time as uh, uh, waves. So and uh, this experiment uh, for the quanta uh, was uh, uh, made to show that uh, uh, we can't uh, say about uh, uh, particles uh, only in the meaning of particles because uh, uh, they can act as uh, waves also. And uh, in the similar way, uh, we uh, have shown that the slime mood uh, um, behaves uh, not only the way uh, that is foreseen by us. So, for example, uh, two slits open and uh, uh, and after these slits, uh, there are food pieces. So it is false in that the slime mood should go through both slits to occupy uh, these food pieces. But uh, the slime mood can, for example, uh, go only through one slit. Or even uh, there is a situation that the slime mood can avoid uh, both slits and try to occupy uh, their food uh, pieces uh, uh, by avoiding this barrier uh, and to go uh, very around uh, of uh, this picture. So uh, uh, in this way, uh, we uh, proved that uh, uh, this creature um, uh, behaves uh, not uh, so easy to uh, implement uh, some classical devices. Uh, evidently, for the um, uh, silicon computers, we, we know absolutely precisely that uh, in this uh, situation, the process uh, should uh, go in this way and in another situation in another way and so on. But for the slime mood, uh, there is uh, some uncertainty uh, in uh, its reactions. But uh, this uncertainty can be uh, modeled also. And, uh, but uh, the mathematics uh, which uh, should uh, be uh, implemented uh, is not uh, standard. Uh, it is very close to the quantum mechanics uh, uh, in which also we deal with some uh, uncertainty of uh, quanta. And in this way, we should implement uh, some new uh, mathematical tools. Uh, 
And uh, in the same way, uh, we have uh, uh, involved some new mathematics to uh, explain and uh, to foresee uh, this behavior. So this experiment uh, was made just to show that uh, uh, the behavior of the slime mode uh, is not so easy uh, and it is not so mechanical in the meaning uh, only in this way or only this way. It can be, for example, um, uh, it can behave uh, by combining uh, different possibilities uh, simultaneously and so on. So that's uh, more unpredictable than one would think. Uh, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, we can uh, may so uh, maybe I explain by uh, another organism by amoeba. Uh, it uh, also uh, behaves quite similar to the slime mode. Uh, and um, so uh, let us imagine uh, this organism amoeba. Uh, it has uh, uh, a different uh, location. And evidently, he can have a, a different form, and uh, the perceiving uh, the outside signals uh, can be uh, very differently, uh, depending on the location, depending on the form of amoeba, and so on. And in this way, uh, we have the situation that uh, um, uh, the same signal can be perceived uh, very differently. And in this way, we have uh, uh, much more uh, outputs in our device than inputs. So, but uh, in classical, in the classical computer, we should have uh, uh, the number of uh, outputs, uh, which is not higher than the number of inputs. But for the biological um, organisms, we ever deal with the situation which uh, can show our free view. So uh, uh, in the metaphorical meaning, we also can say about uh, the slime mode as uh, uh, having uh, a free view. Uh, in the meaning uh, that uh, the number of um, outputs is higher than the number of inputs in, uh, in the region of the slime mode. Is that how you would uh, define free will, having more outputs than inputs? Uh, yeah, uh, inputs, uh, the inputs are some outside signals, and the outputs uh, mm -hmm. are reactions to the signals, and the number of reactions uh, for the biological organism is ever higher than the number of signals. So it means that uh, uh, we should uh, uh, have uh, a very good zoom to uh, uh, to react to different. So maybe I explain by the behavior of uh, bacterium. Uh, the uh, bacteria mm, behave uh, much more uh, primitively than uh, amoeba or slime mode, and uh, they have only three uh, stages. Uh, the first stage. Uh, is uh, a direct uh, motion. Uh, the next stage is trembling, and the third stage is uh, uh, changing uh, of direct direction. And uh, if we have uh, attractants and repellents, uh, 
their bacteria behave differently. Uh, their uh, number of rumbling uh, for the bacteria is much higher uh, if the bacteria feel uh, air repellent uh, close to them. And uh, why? Uh, so the bacteria try to be less predictable uh, in the environment of repellents. So the uh, number of troubling is higher uh, in this environment. And uh, very similar, the situation is for the slime mode. So there are different uh, uh, environmental conditions. Uh, first of all, uh, it can be uh, the uh, uh, positive condition, some attractants. The second situation, some repellents. And in the condition of attractants, uh, the slime mood uh, um, uh, feels uh, 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 like uh, uh, a relaxed condition and so on, but uh, the repellents give a stress condition. So in the stress condition, uh, uh, evidently the slime mood uh, behaves uh, differently. So we have two uh, different moods, uh, the relaxed condition, the stress condition. And uh, within these moods, uh, the reactions are different. And it shows that uh, uh, the same uh, signals, signals, uh, for example, to be a, uh, a pheromone uh, and to be a chemical uh, stuff. and. Uh, perceiving uh, these signals uh, will be different under different conditions, to be relaxed or to be stressed, in this meaning. Um, now we're already reaching the end of the interview time. We have a couple of minutes left. So I just have one last question. It's more of a funny question than anything else uh, for both of you. Uh, do you guys think that a slime mold could ever conquer the world? Uh, no. I think no. Why not? Uh, because slime mold moves too slow, and uh, slime mold actually is very sensitive. Like if you go to the forest, you can see sometimes slime mold, but you don't see it as much as you can see mushrooms. Mushrooms can conquer the world, but not slime mold. That may be the, another reason why I switched to mushrooms. Because mushrooms can conquer the world. Yes. yes. And you want to be on their side. Exactly. Uh, that makes sense. Maybe I should switch to that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Uh, thank you very much for the interview. Thank you. It was really nice talking to you. I will do the radio show itself um, today, uh, but a bit later. So as soon as everything is ready and I have the link with the full radio episode, I will send it to you. Fantastic. Thank you. Nice. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Right. Bye, bye. Bye.